Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. It's our second week without meeting in person as a church. This week, we livestream the service at our online home, ctksuddenvalley.online.church. With all the change happening around us, take a moment to pause and consider what opportunities we may be missing. Opportunities to grow our relationships with our families, reach out to our neighbors, or help those around us that are hurting. Have you ever experienced a missed opportunity that you later regretted? Let's listen once again to Pastor Jason Manning continue his series on change with a message entitled, Opportunity. So uh, this morning, uh, so the last couple weeks, uh, Costco has been a a big subject of conversation. Uh, Costco, uh, if you don't know, uh, I worked at Costco for close to 15 years um, uh, at the age of 18. Uh, I graduated high school, uh, luckily, uh, and uh, graduated high school and went out to get a job. I applied at two places. I applied at Home Depot and Costco. Home Depot made me do a math test, so that's why I didn't get hired there. Uh, And Costco hired me on the spot. And so for 15 years, I worked at Costco wholesale, if you didn't know that. Uh, Early on in my years, I worked at the uh, Aurora Village Costco, and I worked with this guy, Bunky Brady. Bunky was a great guy. I loved him. It was a hoot working with this guy and stocking the freezer. But Bunky talked to me about, he was older than me at that time. He was super old. He had to have been like 35. And, uh, and I was 18, fresh out of high school. But he talked to me about how he had started with Costco early on in, his, in the very beginning years and how he had started investing in uh, Costco stock. And at that time, Costco, man, they had a crazy matching policy. I couldn't remember what it was. I don't know if it was one for one. If you buy a share for retirement, they'll match you a share. Uh, but in 1997, when I started with Costco, the, their stock was $12. I looked it up this week. Costco's stock was $12 in 1997. Uh, I worked from 97, uh, uh, or no, that's the year I graduated high school, but I started working just after that, and, and then I transferred from the Aurora Village Costco up here to Bellingham, and I just wanted to look at that. Uh, in, in 2012, Costco's stock was $87, and at that time, I... Uh, I did not, um, I did not uh, buy any stock. I hadn't invested in, the, in, in, in Costco stock as a retirement plan at all. Uh, I wish I would have in 2000 Costco stock split. But here's the deal. Uh, my dad, uh, being the loving dad that he is, uh, his son got a job at Costco. So what did he do? He went out and bought some Costco stock, invested in the company that his son was working for, you're welcome, Dad, um, because today's Costco stock is worth $290, all right? So that is crazy, uh, I, and, and uh, I wish that I would have at that time, and, you know, they're busier than anybody else right now, uh, I wish I would have at that time thought about that, like at 18 years old would have thought through that, and for me, it was really kind of a missed opportunity, um, 
And then I got to thinking about, you know, uh, with all the live concerts and stuff uh, being canceled, I thought, man, what are the great concerts I went to? But what first came to my mind was, I think it was in like 1990, 91, uh, a friend of mine, Kristen Venema, invited me to go to this new and upcoming band, uh, a boy band called New Kids on the Block. They're playing at the Tacoma Dome, and she invited me to go with her, and I skipped out. I didn't go. I didn't go. And, and so I thought about that as another missed opportunity. Who knows? I mean, I, I hear they're still touring even today. Maybe I can catch new kids on the block. Um, but uh, at that time, and, and, and I wonder if you, uh, those are two very different opportunities that I missed out on, but I wonder if you can think of a missed opportunity that you might have had. Uh, think of an opportunity. And w- what happens is oftentimes we don't even realize the impact or the immense value or uh, the di- even the direct uh, situation that we're missing out on until after the fact. I didn't know that New Kids on the Block was going to be so huge. Uh, obviously, I didn't know Costco stock was going to like just skyrocket through the door. But today we're going to be looking at a story, an example, not necessarily a missed opportunity, but an opportunity that presented in the Bible, uh, one that I feel as a church we can use as an example for all of us in what we're facing uh, today. Now, uh, I only chalk it up to God's divine work that we'd landed here in this series on change, uh, this being the eighth week of, Uh, of this series, and we would land here with a story that is a very clear message from God on how uh, it can impact us today. And we're about, you know, I know know it's been longer than this, but we're about eight days into this hard journey of uh, maybe some uh, social distancing and isolation, Uh, and it seems like what's going to be a, 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 a decent haul still for us to journey on together. The story that I want us to look at as we look at these opportunities is a story in looking in on a dinner party. The group uh, that gathered for this party is larger than what the CDC would suggest us gather together at uh, and what Inslee would want us to gather together. But it wasn't the size of that group that was the big deal. The big deal for that group was actually the guests. The guests that were joining in on this dinner party, the guest list included Jesus and his 12 apostles. His 12 disciples were in on this dinner party. Now, this dinner party was, uh, was held at a woman's house, which we'll get to here in a second. But uh, at this house, was, this house was the women that we meet, met last week in the story of raising Lazarus from the dead. It was at Martha's house. And the party was really being put on by Martha and her sister, Mary. Now, we actually uh, know maybe more so than Mary and Martha did at that time, knew uh, the opportunity, what the opportunity was to have Jesus in their house at this time. Now, I don't believe it was the only time that Jesus came to their house, and most likely it wasn't the last time that they got together. It, it seems to be the last time that Jesus joined them in their house. But both Mary and Martha and, and, and pretty much everybody in the room, uh, in the party, really felt Jesus' power, his rise, his, um, 
his earthly gain and influence was, was building, was, was gaining ground and traction. But what they didn't know, and Jesus knew, that this situation and what he wanted them to realize was the moment in being there was to be cherished, the time that was gathering together, because he was himself taking a trip to Jerusalem. It'd be his last trip. Jesus knew his time on earth was drawing to a close. Maybe only three or four more times he would get together with the disciples. But this trip to Jerusalem would be his last trip. So this moment is very important. So I want to jump in on this story. It's in John chapter 12, John 12, 1 through 2. Six days before the Passover, it says, if you want to open your Bible, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, Jesus had, uh, where, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner, dinner party was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among the reclining at the table with him. And what I do oftentimes whenever I'm looking into the gospel stories uh, I love to look at the story through all the gospel accounts. If you don't know what the gospels are, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they're the stories of Jesus' ministry, Jesus' time here on earth. Uh, I often, anytime I use a gospel uh, scripture in a message, I open this book, The Harmonies of the Gospel. Uh, and inside here you'll see that um, they take the gospels and they divide them up. See this story here? Uh, is in all four gospel accounts. And then if you go to a different story, um, this story is only in the book of John. And so the story we have today is in other gospel stories. And uh, I want to jump in on Luke's version of it as well as we look at it this morning. Luke chapter 10, it's in John 12 and Luke 10, verse 38, it says this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, I believe in this story, Martha often gets a bad rap. Uh, and it's kind of undeservedly so. Um, if we look at the context here, the party was gathered at Martha's house. During this time, it was not normal culturally for women to own and operate a home. Actually, uh, at this time, uh, women didn't own much of really anything. Everything is usually, and at this time was described in terms of the husband when it came to title in, uh, for type reasonings. Uh, she had in the midst of culture that associated women to be what she often gets the bad rep for, the busyness, the preparing of the meals and the preparing of the house guests, busyness of the dinner party, cooking, and not only that, but almost at this time women would stay out of way. These men gathered in the house, the women would stand on the outside of, of the meeting and they wouldn't gather within the group. And so, um, but Martha had worked in her life to obtain a home. But not only that, she was the host of this gathering for what was probably predominantly men, that, this group that had gathered with Jesus. See, Martha was prepared. She had established a life that allowed her to do this. Not separate from God by any means, but established nonetheless. Church, I want you to hear me when I say this. 
Prepare yourself. Be prepared. Take the right steps for you. For you to be in a good place. Especially during this time. Take the time to slow down. Take the time to take a break. Like I mentioned before, take the time to recognize God in everything that is around you. Find, find some comfort. Find some time to yourself. Find some intentional time with your family. Whatever it is, be prepared. You see, for me, every time I've missed an opportunity like the New Kids on the Block concert or investing in stocks where I just chose not to take advantage of it or I was busy, too busy, and I missed it, for every one of those times, there has been at least equal amount of times, if not even more, of missed opportunities to help because I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared myself to help. Now, that doesn't mean that your life, that you have to have your life all together. You don't. I don't have my life all together. I continually work to get my life in order. You know, I've heard this quote, I can't remember who said it, but hurt people hurt people, healed people heal people. And so our opportunity to help in this time is in our ability to be prepared. For us now, for a fact, uh, for us to be the most effective, we need to be in a good place. I recently signed up for, and, I, and I'll get into even a little bit more, I recently signed up for many uh, different opportunities to inject myself into the community to help, but I'm a, I'm a community captain on a Facebook page for Sudden Valley for people to turn in the things. But, but I felt like I had the margin to do that because of where I am at. So one of the blanks on the side, you don't write on your computer, don't sharpie your screen, but is be prepared. So what does that look like? I think for us, I don't know, I don't think, you know, toilet paper, food, and resources, man, those may play a part in being prepared as we can share those with others or even be in a good spot ourselves. But our preparedness is more anchored in our relationship with the one that is in control. It is our ability to be able to, in the midst of all this, to be able to continue to worship. Continue to worship a God who is living and active. Now that might mean in song. That might, I always wanted to try this. Alexa, play praise radio. No, I don't know if your Alexa turned on or not. But turn the music up and sing out to God. Praise to God. But it's not only in our song. It's in our ability to see and praise him in the day today. Church, continue to stay grounded in his truth and the truth of the Bible, and the truth of Scripture, and what he promises each one of us all throughout the Bible, cover to cover, cover you know, table of contents, contents to the maps that are in the back of the Bible. And then I encourage you to continue to pray. You know, this morning we sang out, God is healing right now. Pray for that healing. Pray for healing in your heart. Pray for healing in your mind. Pray for healing in your anxiety. Pray for your neighbors. 
reach out to the living and active God in prayer. Like I said, I've put myself in many avenues and situations where when the needs arise, they will be broadcast and we'll be able to gather as a church. But what I've, what I've seen already, what I've seen happen and what is on the cusp of happening as people's needs rise and people are looking for genuine help, what I see happening is those things will be voiced and the physical needs will be met. Community rallies, America rallies, people rally to help each other. But more on the physical side of things, providing a six-pack of toilet paper, or providing food, or uh, providing a ride someplace, or something, a cup of sugar. I mean, that kind of stuff is met. And I've heard a lot of that even going on. I've heard you guys already be able to share the stories with me of how you're helping people. But see, what we have to offer, if we are prepared ourselves, what we have to offer is the greatest gift of all. It's so much more than a six-pack of toilet paper or a cup of sugar or whatever it may be. It is the hope of the world, the hope that we can display to others in this time of need. Listen to this verse in verse 39 in Luke 10. She had a sister called Mary, this is Martha, had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or, indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will, be not, it will not be taken from her. I love those words. Mary, her sister, sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he had to say. Martha, sure, Luke said, is distracted. But I want to focus on, on Mary She sat and listened to the Lord. I don't know about you, but I have not done enough listening to the Lord this week. Crazy because we're not really supposed to be going out and doing a ton of stuff. We're at home a lot more than usual. But I still have yet to really seriously find the time for what Mary lays out as an example. To sit at the Lord's feet and listen. Mary sat and listened. Now it does say Martha in the background uh, says that she was worried and upset. And I don't know about you, but, uh, but there has been a lot of opportunity to worry and be upset. Last week we talked about emotions. You can go back and, and, and listen to that sermon last week. But we talked about the emotions and the feelings that we might have about what's going on. And I love the words that Jesus speaks to Martha. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. See, what Mary was doing was not, what Martha was doing was not wrong. I mean, Jesus was coming over for a dinner party. 
Uh, I'm going to try this week. I don't know if my wife will let me, but I'm going to try this week to get you a real-time glimpse of what our house looks like with three kids doing homeschooling. And like there's a Monopoly game that's constantly going on. There's Avery sewing things on the sewing machine, masks for the hospital, and we've got other stuff. I mean, I want to give you real-time what our house is like. But if somebody comes over, we have often said when we have small group, we clean our house up. So Martha is about to have Jesus to her house. Of course she's going to be busy preparing for him to come. See, her attitude is what might have been a little off. Her focus and intention might need some adjusting. She wanted someone to help her, somebody else to do the work with her, and, and, uh, and, and her focus was on that. Look what, look what Mary isn't doing and what I'm doing. And when our focus becomes that, it infiltrates our ability to help in a healthy way. See, if we can just sit at the feet and listen to Jesus and respond to what he has for us, we will be doing the right thing. It's when we get into the muck and the mud of worrying about what other people are or aren't doing that we miss the mark. If you are focused on the Lord, it doesn't really matter what everybody else is doing. It matters what the Lord is telling you to do. What we need to do with this story and where we're at right now during these tough times, these times of questioning or really uh, unknown, uh, I put it this way to quite a few people this week, I felt like God and I were running a marathon inside my head. What do I need to do? How do I need to respond? What, what can I do? What shouldn't I do? Who can I help? Where can I go? And what Mary did was, uh, that we can take a page out of is she sat at Jesus' feet and listened and spent that moment, cherished that moment with him. And she didn't even realize the severity of that moment and took the time to focus on what was most important. So I want us to ask that question this morning, asking ourselves during this time, what is most important? Colossians 3.17 says this, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord. Do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, whether we consult God or not in these moments, those of you that have made a decision to follow him, to trust him in, with your life, uh, even during these crazy times, those that have put our faith and hope in him, however we respond... However we respond in our household, with our kids, in our workplaces, in the grocery stores. Our actions are connected to the Lord. Our actions are spiritual actions. There's no avoiding that, those that have put our faith and trust in Jesus. Whatever and however we respond and act, they are acts of spirituality, of our spirituality, and of, of Jesus. And we, needed to be, we need to be connected to the Lord. Uh, I, uh, just like week one when this virus first hit the U.S., it was being known, I took Micah to this con 
concert, this like brave, born to be brave thing. It's for fathers and sons to go and, and uh, they like destroy stuff with this giant wheel of destruction and they break things and they shoot ping pong balls all over. But they, they shared a pretty clear message. Uh, and, and it came back to me this week when I was watching Frozen 2 for like the fourth time uh, in our house. I mean, we, we are male dom. I mean, we have two women and three guys, but yet we're still watching Frozen 2 multiple times. Um, and, and, but in that movie and in the Born to be Brave to, thing that I went to with, uh, with Micah, the, the theme was do the next right thing. Do the next right thing. And so uh, for us, that can be how we view and take things. Do the next right thing. It's a spiritual act for us to, to respond however it may be. But we need to be doing the next right thing. John 12, 3 says, Then Mary took, uh, took a pint of pure nard, if we go back into John, an expensive perfume, and she poured it out on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. John's focus in this time is on, uh, was on Judas. So Mary had uh, poured this perfume out and was washing Jesus' feet with her hair. Um, and he focuses on the idea of what that perfume could have went to. Now, uh, for us, uh, we know the story of Judas and what comes of that. Um, but in this moment, Mary felt like this was the next right thing. She had sat at Jesus' feet. She had listened to his teaching and she had that moment with him. She cherished the moment she had with him. And a lot can be argued about what Mary did with that time with Jesus, with the perfume. But we know, we go on to know Mary's story, her interactions with Jesus, with the perfume. Mary was first to Jesus' tomb she was at the foot of the cross when Jesus was being crucified. Jesus appeared to her after his death. See, Mary honored and gave Jesus the attention in her life. And that turned, that in turn developed her reaction on how she responded in all of the different situations from that day forward. And of course, what she gave, uh, her desire was to honor Christ. To allow him to be her focus. So ask yourself, what are you doing? And does it really matter? Is it the next best thing? Now church, I am so confident that God desires to use us, his church, that this time in our time in our homes is probably one of the greatest opportunities we have ever had. Let me say that again. What we're experiencing right now is one of the greatest opportunities God has ever presented us with. And I believe it's God's desire, like Scripture says, it's God's desire to use this for his good. Think about it. Think about your time in your homes. Think about in this time, in your anxiety and your worry, you and God, the time you and God have. In, our, in your marriage with your spouse, 
Think about the time you have to invest in that marriage. Has there been another opportunity like this for you to focus and allow God to work? Think about your kids, right? I mean, we, we spent a handful of weeks with them over the summer. This really isn't any different except for now we have the opportunity again to reach into our kids, to show them what is most important. Especially since we can't gather as a church, I want to encourage you to teach your kids about God, about trusting him even in this time. You and your family, show them hope. With a six-foot buffer, show hope to your neighbors, right? Reach out to your neighbors. I, I gather together. A lot has changed even since Thursday uh, Thursday morning for the last eight, nine years, we've met together as a men's group almost every single Thursday morning. This last Thursday morning, to respect social distancing and what we did, we gathered down at the marina. There was no high fives. There was no hugs. We sat in chairs six feet and stood in chairs six feet apart from each other, and we prayed for each other. We shared the things that we're facing and the feelings that we had. And we talked and discussed what we were facing. And what I shared with that group was then shared on Facebook. And I want to share it with you this morning. But I want to share with you the idea that the doors of the church, the buildings, are literally closed. So the only option for us, the only opportunity for us in how to do this is for the church to now be the church outside of the building. I know I say that while I'm actually standing in our church building, but this is familiar and it's an opportunity for you to maybe jump out of your living room for a second and, and join me in, in this moment. One of my earlier, early mentors when I uh, first planted CTK Sudden Valley, met with him on a weekly basis when we were planting this church, he passed away just a little while ago. He was a great mentor in my life and he told the story that uh, hanging on the door that led to the outside of his church was a sign that said, the church has now left the building. Church, I can only imagine that if God had like earthly feelings like we understand, like if he set aside his ability to know the power, his all-knowing power and outcome of things, I can imagine that God is up there looking down on us now and he's saying, good, Finally, it's happened. I finally got them outside of the building. Here's the deal. It isn't going to be easy. It isn't. And we may, it looks like maybe longer than this, but we may only get six weeks to learn from this, to learn something. He is like, man, and I tell you what, God is willing to, be, to put in the overtime with us. To reach people for him. And if we start to trust him, it's so going to be worth it. God has the greatest purpose for you right now. For some, and maybe even all of us, this moment and this time might serve you with some of the greatest purpose that you have ever had in your life. I want to highlight a story for you of something that's going on in our church. And I don't mean to, uh, to put it up on a soapbox on display, but there's a family in our church, the Snyder family, 
And about a week ago, they, well, actually, they've been actively engaging their community. And about a week ago, they went around and gathered the names of all their neighbors. Again, with the six-foot radius base, they took names and phone numbers, emails and Facebook pages, and they gathered all their neighborhood, their, their neighbors' names. And then they shared them with the group. But not only that, they then have now, uh, once a week, or I can't remember if once a day or every other day, they're actually interviewing their neighbors. They're going to their houses, interviewing them, getting to know them, and then they're sharing that with everybody within the group. And what they have said, and what I have even kind of witnessed happening when we reach out to people, especially during this time, is it's their desire to be known, to not feel like they are alone. And, and what this is doing with them is it's creating the opportunity and for everybody to get to know each other at a time where it's the hardest to get to know each other. And everybody feels connected. And everybody feels like they have some place to, to go if they need something or uh, people that are in their corner. Because that's what people desire right now. People, I, church, I want to give you permission to be to be where you are at right now. I want to give you permission uh, to prepare whatever you need to prepare for. Whether that's you think getting material items or like what we've talked about this morning, uh, listening to the Lord and his guidance. I want you to prepare yourself. But I also want you to be looking towards where God wants you to go, where the Lord is calling you to go and what he's, what he's calling you to do. Because here's the deal. Whether it's this week or the next week, I feel like our target, target audience is shrinking. Our impact on who we could impact is getting smaller. Whether that's nationwide being enforced, statewide or countywide, being enforced. I'm glad that we get to gather here to do this. This next week might be different. But in a sense, whether you think of it the CDC or Inslee or, or however you think about it, our sphere of influence is shrinking. It's becoming very defined. But I know that God in that definition has placed you right where you're at with great purpose and great desire for you to do something big. I want to encourage you with that this morning. Let's pray. I want to invite the band to come up. Lord, we sang this morning for your healing to come and it'd be a miss for us not to continually ask for that. Lord, I pray for your healing, for your healing physically in the people who are sick, Lord, for your healing spiritually and emotionally, Lord, for you to work and uh, reach into the hearts and minds of, of, of everyone, Lord. Lord, we praise you that in the times of struggle and uncertainty that we can trust in you. Lord, thank you that you are active and we get the opportunity to see you work. So this morning, I praise you and thank you for that. 
the opportunity to work and be a part of what you are doing. Lord, this morning it is my prayer that that we would be willing to be used by you, be directed by you. Lord, that we would be willing to uh, follow your lead, Lord. That we would be, man, less focused on ourselves and more focused on our preparedness to do your work. Lord, it's hard. It is. It's hard. But I pray for that, Lord. Help us to be the church. Lord, I pray for each of the people who are watching today that might not know you, that feel still distant from you, maybe distant from a lot of people right now, Lord. Lord, may they feel your presence where they are sitting right now. May your presence be known to them and may you lay your love and acceptance on their hearts. Lord, we thank you that you can do that, that you are actively doing that. We just need to turn towards you. Lord, as we close in worship, I would just ask that you speak to our hearts and our minds, that we're able to praise even in our living rooms, in our workplaces, wherever space we're at right now, Lord, that we would be focused on you. Lord, we thank you. In your name, amen. We pray that God blesses you with this message. If you would like to contact us, please reach out to us on Facebook at CTK Sudden Valley or visit our website at www.ctk.church. You can also find other episodes of this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, may God bless your week.